welcome to the Compassion Initiative podcast for today. And my name is Stan Steindl, and with me is James Kirby. It's good to see you again, Stan. Great to see you, James. Now, James, you know that I like comics. Yes. I'm a big comic fan. (laughs) And you also know that a very famous comics combination is Stan Lee and Jack Kirby. (laughs) Is this true? Is it coincidence? (laughs) Or is it something more? And, of course, one of their most famous creations is the big green fella. Yeah. The Incredible Hulk. And today, uh, we thought we might talk a little bit about anger. Mm. And anger from the point of view of compassion and compassion-focused therapy. Yeah, I think that's great. It's often, you, you, uh, it seems like a somewhat of a silly combination, you know, anger and compassion. Um, but we do get angry um, all the time. It's it, it's part of our um, emotional signal, if it were, you know, thinking of the bat symbol or signal there as well, you know, just sort of lights up and, ooh, I'm starting to get irritated, I'm starting to get annoyed. And anger can show itself in, in many different ways. I think to, to talk about this, we really need to have perhaps an idea of what anger is. And now, Stan, do you have an example perhaps of what anger might look like? I see. Or show itself as? A, a personal example. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I, I actually find I, I was um, taking the, the dog for a walk right. the other night and um, I have a chocolate brown Labrador called Bruno. And uh, he's only a little bit over one, so he's still, you know, not he's still more like a teenager rather than a a fully mature dog. Um, But anyway, we we walked around the corner, and he was on a lead, and I was walking around the corner, and actually all of a sudden, springing out from an open gate of one of the houses, came this, what seemed to me, enormous German Shepherd. And... um, Poor old Bruno uh, got the fright of his life and he um, sort of, he, he leapt backwards and this, this German shepherd came over the top of him and I just erupted <laughs> and sort of let out a, a ferocious yell. I think it was ferocious. And can, you, can you demonstrate that yell? I, I don't think I should. <laughs> but I reached down with all my might, grabbed this German shepherd by the scruff of his neck mm. and basically sort of somewhere in the back of, mm. you know, grabbed him by the fur Jeez. and kind of threw him off of poor little Bruno. By that time, the um, dog's owner had come rushing out and Bruno slipped his head from the from his collar, <laughs> actually, and took off down the street. But, um, you know, that was... I, I, I actually sort of wandered off relatively kind of proud of myself there mm. that, that, that the anger had been, you know, a, a big driver for me to, to go into survival mode. Mm. Wow. I mean, firstly, all I can think of is all the fan mail we'll receive uh, <laughs> as a result of your bravery there, Stan. <laughs> uh, so it really is quite amazing because in that story, uh, reflection, uh, there were the two key parts there. You saw Bruno really activate the flight part um, of a fight-flight sort of perspective, you know, sort of running away in order to protect himself. Um, And then there was you, sort of more activated in that fight part of that process, uh, 
coming in and, and really drawing upon that anger and that strength of anger. And you almost grew in your chair when you sort of said that as well, um, mm. in order to protect mm. um, both yourself and Bruno from the German Shepherd. I mean, mm. it was uh, sounds like a bit of an ordeal. Mm. You know, would you go walking down that path again? Uh, sort of. I think what would happen is I, I would. I, I think I would because it was just around the block, but mm. um, but yes, I can imagine that that I would have this sort of heightened alertness mm. uh, in doing so. Oh, absolutely! But I guess that's really anger. You know, when you think of anger, show itself. Um, you kind of feel like, uh, in terms of its definition, it's kind of. And Paul Ekman, uh, a big emotion researcher, talks a lot about anger. Um, really, is about this idea of you know some kind of. Uh, threat or injustice or in some way something getting in the road of us accomplishing something or getting what it is that we'd like to to sort of go towards so it's an interference in some way and then anger or irritation can start to show itself and and of course we've got many different ways of expressing anger um, of course and on that sort of continuum we're talking more anger into rage um, but also it can go the other way and people can really bottle it up and, and sort of become quite passive um, mm. with their anger as well. And, and perhaps when we think of anger, we always seemingly go to the, the Incredible Hulk kind of, you know, just it gets to that point of bottling up and then it just explodes and, and let, lets itself sort of, you know, run the show. And it can often lead to a lot of regret or remorse. But um, it mm. sounds like in your instance, the anger was there, but it was also coupled with the motivation to care for, for Bruno mm. um, and when it showed itself in that way with that motivation of trying to care for for your little chocolate brown lab there um, you did what was necessary at that point you know mm. you, it wasn't a case of going to the extreme and killing the dog it was getting rid of the dog removing the mm. dog and so perhaps that blending of care for Bruno kind of toned down the anger to that intense rage where we might end up doing something which we really do regret later on yeah, I guess um, yeah, anger isn't an inherently bad emotion. Mm. It, it's a protective emotion. It can be about trying to look after, you know, loved ones or or that sort of thing. It might be something that motivates us to intervene physically in a situation where there's danger. Mm. But it's interesting you talk about this this sort of other aspect of anger in a more modern sense, which is where we feel frustrated or angry when someone or something gets in the way of us oh, yeah, sure. achieving our goals. Mm. And then we might be angry or behave angrily or do something that we actually end up regretting mm. uh, and causes us you know, more problems. That's right, because anger can really have that impact um, on our physiology where you know we get that heightened sense of heart rate breathing our attention becomes very narrow we only focus on the thing which is causing us the annoyance and everything else gets blocked off and in those instances we can become very um, absorbed in that sort of anger cycle it's almost addictive in that way and uh, it just sort of takes over um, so it's a case of being able to really recognize anger um, in the early days as well um, in order to Sort of get a gauge of what are some of the things that do trigger us, and we all have those little irritations in day to day life where you know that little thing causes me a bit of annoyance and another thing doesn't. But I was thinking, Stan, putting our clinical psychologist hats on mm. in therapy when we uh, are with clients, we often talk about things like depression and anxiety. 
perhaps not so much an anger issue per se, but anger is very common. Do you see anger in a lot of the clients that come along, whether it be in session or just something they're struggling with? Yeah, well, one of the areas that I do a fair bit of work in is um, in the area of addiction mm -hmm. and um, people presenting with, with sort of, say, alcohol problems or something like that. And I do notice that, um, you know, you have to approach... I need to approach people in a way that is, is very um, respectful and kind of collaborative because if I start to impose my views or try to get in their way, like mm -hmm. you said, um, you know, anger can, can arise within the session in those moments. The client actually gets angry. The client gets angry. Mm. Um, you know, don't you tell me what to do about my drinking. Yeah. Or whatever. But... Mm. Um, so yeah, I, I think that, that that's interesting that, that you ask that because um, uh, often people can be behaving in their life in certain ways and then can become very defensive mm. and in fact angry if people are trying to tell them what to do. Mm. Uh, and so they lash out at home, they get angry at their wife, um, they sort of, something happens, you know, out and about, all of a sudden the police are involved and, yeah. you know, now anger is... Uh, is a is a part of the problem. It's interesting there when you were talking about that example, um, how quickly angers can be about overpersonalizing the situation. You know about me, or you know it's what you did to me. You know, and it's kind of um, almost like you're having an attack on me, and then that defense or protective part comes out, and you sort of you know lash back in return. And and from a CFT compassion focused therapy perspective, it's often talked in that regard. You know. Anger is part of our sort of threat self-protect system. And it's really there because we do need it from time to time. There's no mm. doubt about that. And, mm. and people draw upon it in different areas and fields in order to give them the extra energy perhaps to go the extra yard to do what they need to do. So you can mm. use anger skillfully and also perhaps in other contexts quite unskillfully. Um, and Stan and I wrote about this actually in uh, an article for The Conversation, which is up on the compassioninitiative.com.au website if people are interested in reading that a little bit more. And in that article, we, we do talk about perhaps some of more um, the compassion-focused therapy roots of, of anger. And we also mentioned briefly some of the very good work uh, Professor Russell Colts is doing with anger um, over in the US, in particular looking at anger um, in the prison context with prisoners who... Um, can have high levels of anger as to what's happened and, and where they now find themselves. And I think that would be very difficult. Have you actually done any work in, in a prison system before, Stan? I know you've had a lot of experience. I was just curious. Um, yes, I have done some work in prisons and also in forensic psychiatric hospitals. Mm. Um, and I think one of the things that often I try to remind myself is that um, people's anger, even in those contexts aren't necessarily, the anger's not necessarily because um, their, their sort of, their, their message is wrong. Mm -hmm. the, 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 the anger is, is a way that they're trying to express something about mm -hmm. how they feel and in particular that they're feeling threatened about. Mm -hmm. And so often it does seem to be about trying to find ways that this message that they're trying to send people is able to be conveyed more effectively without anger that has now kind of, the message is lost. Yeah. 
And we see anger so often now um, in our streets, uh, you know, with violence. And, um, you know, in Australia, at least, we've talked about this idea of, you know, uh, the one-punch kind of phenomenon that's kind of going through the streets at the moment uh, where that can lead to, you know, fatalities as well on the streets. So we see anger sort of in, it, in our lives in all differing forms. Um, and in that conversation piece, we not only talk about that sort of anger and where it perhaps might originate from, but also perhaps a few little tips on what you can do when you start to see anger start to show itself. So check that out on the website. And... Um, there's also a radio interview on there as well that you might want to have a look at if you're really interested in this area of anger. But uh, Stan, I really enjoyed um, perhaps the link you made to, to the Incredible Hulk and, and uh, Stan Lee and Jack Kirby. Um, it's kind of quite ridiculous, that, <laughs> that link, don't you think? Mm, yeah, it is a little bit, but um, uh, don't forget too that, as Bruce Banner says, you know, I'm always angry. <laughs> Thanks, James. Well, thank you, Stan. Catch you next time. <laughs>